Welcome to the first edition of the Broken Bones Oddcast podcast. Being single can be a lonely place for some. As social animals, we seek out others like ourselves for companionship and fun. What harm can there be in looking for a bit of affection, a kind word, a hug? Tracy and Steve are about to find out that sometimes it pays to be careful when you meet strangers from the internet. I hope you enjoy A Love in the Mist. Tracy looked lovingly at Steve as she ran his bath. It was just about up to his chest now as he lay back in the warming water. She put a hand in to test the temperature. It was hot, but could have been hotter. So she turned the dial up a little and let some of the water out. Hotter water soon took its place, and the bath continued to fill. How is that, my darling? She looked into Steve's eyes and stroked his brow. Steve shook his head and shot her a look. Not hot enough? Oh dear, I'll turn it up a bit. Steve exhaled, and his chest fell below the waterline. Tracy checked the dial again and turned it up a little further. There, she said. That should do it. I don't want to scold you. I'll go and make some tea. Tracy hadn't had much luck with love. There had been boyfriends and the occasional girlfriend, of course, but none of them stuck around for very long. She would go on dates, second dates, and sometimes even a weekend away. But soon enough, they would stop responding, and she'd have to start all over again. Entering the kitchen, she flicked the kettle on and ran a finger along the worktop. This time, she thought it would be different. She had met Steve through a dating app, Finders Keepers. It claimed to be different from other apps in that it was only for those people looking for long-term love and commitment. This was Tracy, down to a T. She yearned for romantic love. Love that would only grow and blossom in time. She read a lot of romance novels, and she loved the idea of being in love and being loved. The kettle came to a rolling boil, and she poured the scalding water over a tea bag, freshly plucked from the caddy, into an oversized mug. When Steve picked her out on the app, she was a little unsure as to whether he would make a good match. He lived alone and, by his own admission, he hadn't had a lot of success or experience with women. He was quite shy and not especially good-looking. Working in an insurance company wasn't the most glamorous of jobs. He worked from home a lot, so didn't see that many people unless he really made an effort to do so. Occasionally, he would, of an evening, go to his local pub, buy a pint of ale, and sit in the corner on his own and read a book or look at his phone to pass the time. Sometimes, one of the barmaids would feel sorry for him and stop and chat while they were clearing adjacent tables. On one of these occasions, as it was quiet, one of the barmaids, Lucy, had sat down next to him and asked how he was. Awkwardly, he shrugged. It was at this point that Lucy decided that it was her job, no duty, to find Steve a girlfriend. Get your phone out, she ordered. Not feeling he had much room to argue, Steve complied. Now unlock it. Again, Steve complied. 
Now give it to me. He handed her the phone. I know just the app for you. She quickly found the Finders, Keepers app, and downloaded it to his phone. Once it opened, she ran through the sign-up process. Now I know you're a nice bloke, but we actually want to find you a girlfriend, so I'm going to fill in your profile for you. It'll be mainly the truth, but we don't want to put anyone off, do we? Steve didn't really know what to say. He didn't like the idea of lying. But if it was mainly the truth, then any little misunderstandings could be worked out once they had decided that they like each other. At least, that's what he told himself. Triumphantly, Lucy held the phone aloft and presented him with his newly completed profile. He looked at it. It was mainly true he consoled himself. Now take a selfie. Come over here, the light's better. Lucy dragged him into a corner by the dartboard. The ring of light surrounding the board made for an impromptu selfie light. He took a few. Lucy grabbed the phone from his hand and selected the third one. There. Now all we need to do is turn it live and you're on the market. On the market. What an awful phrase. He finished his drink and pocketed his phone, waved goodbye to Lucy, who called good luck as he left the pub for his home and meal for one in front of news at ten. It was around a week later that he thought to look at the app on his phone. He wasn't really sure how to use it, but he'd been receiving four emails a day from Finders Keepers, encouraging him to log back in and take a look at all the fresh new members looking for that special kind of love. Initially, he thought he might disable the endless notifications, but on his way to the settings, he noticed the picture of someone who caused him to stop. His thumb hovered over the image. Involuntarily, his thumb twitched its agreement and pressed down on the image, releasing it with a haptic click. Her profile sprang into full screen. A woman in her mid-thirties looked out from his phone. Pretty, in a plain way. She had short, dark hair, neat, restrained makeup, and soft brown eyes that he felt were looking at him. A pang shot through him. This had never happened before, and he paid attention to it. Beneath her picture, there was a big blue button that said, Connect with Tracy. He paused and scanned the info she had provided in her profile. She worked in customer services, also mainly from home. Thirty-five, not overweight, but not slim, fives four. He wondered how much he could trust this info, considering the job Lucy had done on his profile. He looked back at the photo. The pang returned. This time he clicked the blue button and the phone made a whooshing noise, like a skyer flying past you on some freezing downhill slope. Locking his phone, he placed it on its charger, logged back into his work, and continued with his day. Later that evening, Tracy picked up her phone and noticed the little red notification icon on the Finder's app. Opening it, 
she was presented with the picture of Steve and the profile that Lucy had crafted for him. Not unattractive or attractive. Lives alone. Works from home. On balance, not too bad, she thought. Clicking the Connect with Steve's button, she typed him a message in the box that was now visible. Hi, Steve. Thanks for liking my profile. Can you tell me a little bit more about yourself, please? There followed some back and forth between them as they decided if they wanted to meet up. It was decided that they did. A wet Tuesday in a pub, halfway between their houses, was to be the meeting place. Steve had finished work early and got himself ready as best he could. He took his comb from his inside jacket pocket and ran it through his hair. Shaking wisps of brown hair away, he puts it back in his pocket. Leaving his flat, he waits at the bus stop outside his home. Tracy also stood in front of her mirror. She tugged at the hem of her frock, which was trying to ride up over her knees. She considered changing it, but thought that by the time she had her raincoat on it, wouldn't show. She checked the bathroom and turned to leave. Everything was as it should be. She pulled the door to and left her house for the pub. Half an hour later, after awkward introductions, they sat facing each other, he with a pint of something dark and real, and her with a fizzing pint of Somerset's finest. Despite Steve's shyness, he managed to find some topics they both seemed interested in, and they talked, together, for two and a half hours. I've got to go soon, otherwise I'll miss my bus, Tracy said. Did you get here by bus? Steve nods. We can walk together then. Would you like to hold my arm? Steve nods again. This is like a proper date. Not some drunken thing his friends seemed to enjoy. This was calm and, well, romantic. Just like the app promised. Taking her arm, he led her from the pub to the bus station. It transpired that they both lived on the same bus route. It was a circular route, so if you stayed on the bus long enough, you would go past both of their homes. The bus arrived, and they agreed to get on together. Tracy talked, and Steve listened until they got near Tracy's house. I've had such a nice evening. It would be a shame to end it so early. Would you like to come in for a cup of tea and a bite to eat? This situation really didn't happen to Steve very often. In fact, he couldn't recall this ever having happened before. He looked at her and smiled. That's settled then. Come on. She tugged his sleeve as they both scurried downstairs and hopped off the bus together. It was at that point that Steve missed his footing and tumbled into a massive puddle that ran over the high curb by the bus stop. He went in face first and grazed his wrist as he tried to break his fall. From the ground, he could hear Tracy laughing. I'm sorry, she said. I know it's not funny. Offering him a hand, she continued. At least this date is memorable. Taking her hand, he got to his feet. He was soaked from head to foot. Get inside, she says, and motions him in. Steve wakes, heavy-lidded. He struggles to open his eyes. Something is wrong. 
thickly blinking, he smells damp rope, wet hemp. His wrists and ankles tightly bound. There is a gag, taped to his mouth. He tries to panic. Breathe freely, naked, in a bath, in a strange place, alone, the silence, hot, seriously hot. Water is pouring in from the tap at his feet. He struggles to get out, but the bath is too deep and slippery. He can't get any purchase, barely keeping his head above water. Trying to call out, the gag taped to his face is so expertly applied, he can barely drop breath, let alone call for help. Then from the side of the bath, a head appears. It's Tracy. That's better. Just had to make a few adjustments. Oh, Steve, I'm so glad we met. I'd almost lost hope of finding someone. It's been months since I had someone over. Now, how about that tea? She reaches for the oversized mug and takes a sip. Do you like it? The mug, I mean. She dips a hand into the bath water. Ooh, that's better. Still a way to go, though. Dragging a chair from the corner of the bathroom, Tracy settles on it, and leaning forward, she cradles the cup in both hands. The water is getting hotter and hotter. Steve lets out a plaintive moan. Small bubbles start to rise from the bottom of the bath, and the water temperature continues to rise. Now, my darling, as I said, it's been a while since I've had anyone over for dinner. The freezer is practically empty. Steve moans again. The water is so hot, now his flesh has started to take on the complexion of a boiled ham. I would finish you off, but I find the meat is infinitely tastier if it's braised on a low heat first. Braise away, braise away, braise away. I'm assured it doesn't hurt. After a while, I'm sure you understand. There is a hiss of gas. Rubbery tubes feed burners under the impromptu cooking pot. Two large gas cylinders stand sentry either side of the tub. Steam rises from the bath. The water starts to boil. Steve disappears beneath the roiling water. Tracy produces a fork from a bathroom drawer and prods at the cooking flesh. Teasing a chunk of meat from Steve's chest, she sniffs the fatty flesh and examines the tattoo still visible on his poached hide. It's a shit tattoo. She takes a bite of Steve. Tracy eats with her mouth open, talking while she eats, wiping his grease from her chin with her sleeve on the back of her hand. Sitting in her bathroom, condensation running down the walls, staring at her misted mirror, she says to herself, Lovely. A Love in the Mist was written by Tony Hazel. It is read by Thomas the A.I. Ghoul. This recording is copyright Two Kittens Publishing 2024.